It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And welcome into this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We got a lot to cover. It's fall, so there's plenty going on. Ray Gildow has some info on what the future may look like for walleyes on Leech Lake. We'll talk muskies with Steve Stepaniak and Brian Koshinina. And Matt Brewer has the latest on duck opener and grouse hunting up north. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off as we always do with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. Keep your garage space clear this winter and store your boat at Oars and Mine and Crosby. Their facility is a four-season destination for all the toys that don't fit in your garage. Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll kick the show off, as we always do, with our local report, and we bring in Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. Ray has been very busy out on the water, uh, spending uh, quite a bit of time uh, on Leech and, and some of the area lakes. Uh, but I guess, Ray, we'll start on Winnie. Uh, one more time, you talked to uh, Kim up at High Banks again. What's the report up there? Well, it was another week of a lot of wind, and it kind of drove people up to Cutfoot Sioux, which is, of course, another small lake to the north end of Leet, or, or Winnie, rather, and people go there when it gets really windy because they can get out of the wind, and it's still a pretty good-sized little lake, and uh, the walleye fishing hasn't been real good this week uh, on the big lake when people could get out there, and it hasn't been that great up on the Cutfoot Sioux either. It's been mostly panfish and sunnies. That's what people have been catching in some northern pike, so I think it's fair to say it's just kind of a, it's kind of a slow period right now there. And this is uh, next week's the last week that High Banks is open, and they'll close now until January 1st, and then they'll open up for the ice fishing season then. So it's basically kind of a slow report. Uh, if the wind would lay down and people would get out into some of the other areas, I'm sure they could catch a few fish. But, you know, there's not many places to hide on Windy. Windy. It's just a pretty much a round lake. And uh, there's just no place to get out of the wind. So that's kind of how it's been there. I've been up this week on Leech. And perch fishing has been real good. Uh, we got to catch a lot of fish to keep to get keepers. Uh, we were catching 10 to 11 inches this week, and I was by a boat who was anchored. The guy was anchored there all day long and caught uh, some 13 inches and some 12s and some 11s. So those are, if you're a perch person, those are really, really nice fish. And he was anchored in 4 feet of water, and uh, they've been out uh, all the way to 12 feet of water. And there were a couple days this week, again, where the wind blew into some areas like uh, the big hardwoods, and people were catching walleyes and doing very well. And uh, they were right up in four feet of water, uh, jigs and minnows, and casting up a shallow water, and that's where they were. And then uh, as the week progressed, uh, we didn't get the rain that it looked like we were going to get, but uh, fishing for walleyes got a little bit more scattered, and it got to be a little bit tougher to find. And uh, early in the week, um, oh, the day I was up there, the first day I was up there was 48 degrees that morning. So we had that, um, that was Monday, 87 degrees Sunday and 48 degrees on Monday. 
And I thought, boy, with a big front coming through like that, it's going to shut everything off. It didn't seem to affect the, the perch at all. And they're, uh, they're really feeding right now on crayfish. Uh, almost every one you catch is uh, throwing up a little uh, crayfish legs. This, the, year of, the year class, uh, young class crayfish is what those perch are eating. And so that's really, really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to another couple really good days there. Next week, we're talking a potential for frost across northern Minnesota. So I think we're going to see those water temperatures start to drop down into the upper 50s. They're now, this weekend, they're in the low 60s and around 60. So when we start getting that colder weather, that water temperature is going to start dropping down, and that's going to make a, a, a big difference. Uh, the Big Lake, I think it's been uh, a mixed bag. You know, I've talked to some guys. I talked to one of the guys that when I was cleaning my fish, he uh, caught eight walleyes with his customers. And I've talked to a couple other guys that only caught one or two. So it's just uh, kind of a mixed bag out there at, th- at this time, I would say. I was going to say one other thing. I, this is the time of the year, August, September, and October, is when the uh, fisheries guys on uh, the big lake at Leech start doing their seining. Uh They go out and uh, start measuring what's out there. And I looked at last year's averages. Because last year was kind of an interesting year. The average length in July when they were seining was below the long-term average of 3.3 inches for walleyes. It was actually about 2.7. But the number sampled per acre was 74, which is above the long-term average of 70. And then when they did their August trawling, the average length was 4.4 inches, was below the long-term average of 5.3. And the number sampled, though, were... 773 per hour, which was a historical high, uh, long above the average of 182. So there was a real good hatch there. And then in September electrofishing last year, which they're doing now, and we'll get those reports in October, uh, the average length of the walleyes, 5.8 inches, was below the long-term average. So they've been just a little below uh, the average length. But the walleye recruitment is generally higher when mean September length exceeds 6 inches and the number sampled per hour was 132, is similar to the long-term average of 103. So it looks like, and especially 2016, it looks like that was a really, really good year for uh, the walleye hatch. And so those are going to be fish that we should start seeing next year grow, going in that maybe 10, 11, 12-inch range. It depends on how well they're feeding or where they're feeding. But... Um, so that I think those averages are encouraging to see those going up like that. And then just a couple other things about um, the Leech Lake area. <clears throat> the walleye gill net rate of 10.1 fish um, for uh, the previous year was just above the management goal objectives. And the length of the walleye sampled ranged from 6 to 27 inches and demonstrated a pretty balanced size distribution, again, with a, to- a strong 2016-year class in the lake. of the sampled walleyes were outside of the 20 to 26-inch slot. And even with that information, it looks like the DNR is going to allow one fish to be caught over 20 inches this next season at the beginning of the next, uh, you know, opening for walleye season. So those are some things that I think it pays to keep our eyes on. And uh, in October, we'll get some reports for this year. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like because we had ice over so much of the lake uh, when those fish were spawning or when they were supposed to be spawning. I'm not sure how that affected that, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to watch that to see what happens. So some great information on uh, Leech Lake. We'll keep an eye on that going forward. Right here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area, Ray, what can you tell us? Uh, 
walleye fishing's been up and down on uh, on some of the lakes. I think uh, Brainerd uh, on Gall Lake and North Long and uh, the whitefish chain too. There's been days where guys have done really well uh, with Lindy rigs and uh, creek chubs or red tail chubs, and that uh, getting down a little deeper, 18 to 22, 23, 24 feet, which makes it nice because you can see them. But on those days when they're not biting, it drives you crazy because you're sitting right on top of them and you can't get them to do anything. So there's guys that had really good days this week, and then there's been periods where, man, alive, they just they just won't bite. They bite. They're just sitting down there teasing us. <clears throat> and I think that the uh, the bass bite's gotten a little bit tougher too, uh, as it has over on Mille Lacs. I just talked to some, some friends of mine that live there, and the smallmouth bite on Mille Lacs has really slowed down. But the walleye bite has been phenomenal. Bobber fishing has been phenomenal, and uh, hardly any boats out there. So if you're looking for some action, and I think it's going to be interesting to, on Mille Lacs too, Brian, because I think they're looking at possibly opening up the season again this spring. They might allow one fish to be caught this winter. They haven't decided that yet. But next spring they might open it up and uh, start allowing people to catch three or four fish. Well, it would be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, that's for sure. Anything, one last thing, Ray, to report on the, uh, if people want to go out and maybe chase some fall crappies, anything to report there? Up on the uh, cut foot, it's been really good. I have not been crappie fishing in the uh, Brainerd area or on Leech, uh, so I haven't gotten any real current reports. But the last reports that I did get were from a week ago, and that was the crappie bite was still pretty good just towards evening along the weed lines and in some of the humps. Uh, they were coming up to, uh, into the humps at night, and guys were doing really well in crappies. So that's good to hear. Some great information, as always. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. Check them out, uh, raygildow.com, as well as on uh, social media. Ray, I appreciate it. Good stuff, and uh, we'll check in here real soon, okay? Okay. Thanks, Brian. Let's head out to Malax, get the report out there from Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. And coming off Ray's comments there, Steve, it sounds like pretty much everything's happening out there. It's been fun. You know, we're tying into some big, big pike again, which is good to see. We thought they were all gone after all those hard winters of spearing, but uh, there's some pike around, and it's been a good time. You know, one thing you and I were talking off air, though, we'll start with uh, the walleyes, and and I I just kind of find it funny, and and maybe some won't find this humorous, but uh, you were telling me that basically everything you've been fishing for, you've had to deal with these pesky walleyes that keep showing up. I, I hate to put it that way, but but it, it, has that kind of been the case? You're, you're absolutely right, Brian. Pesky has been the correct term. Catching them on great big musky lures, big spinner baits. We're catching them on minnows when we're after pike. We're catching them when we're after smallmouth bass. And God forbid, when we try for walleyes, we're catching a ton of them. They are all over the place, Brian. They're looking healthy. They're looking fat. They're looking mean and sassy. And why we don't have any open season on them, I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. But, yeah, they're all over the place, and they've been biting real well. So anglers that are looking at fall walleye fishing right now, Mille Lacs has got to be a destination for them. Definitely. Everywhere you go. I mean, we're catching uh, walleyes in cabbage weeds and, and sand bottom in anywhere from 7 to 12 feet of water, you know, and this time of year they should be out deeper. We're catching them on the rocks early in the morning, late in the evening. We're catching them out on uh, the flats, flatlining with lead core, with crankbaits. They are all over. The walleyes are thick in Mille Lake, and I tell you what, it's been funny. This time of year is usually just crankbaits, but uh, bobber fishing with leeches right next to the bottom has been very productive, Brian. Crawlers and spinner baits have been re- doing really well. You know, you've got your bottom bouncers and the spinner and the crawler. That's been doing well. 
uh, lead core lining with crankbaits in them out in the main basin. You know, they're still out there eating the walleyes, or the walleyes are eating the Cisco and tulipies. It's everywhere you go, and every technique you use, you're catching walleyes, you know, and, and especially if you're out there uh, doing drop shotting for smallmouth bass, you just get used to the idea you're going to be tying into a lot of walleye for every, probably three, four walleye for every smallmouth you catch. And I think one other thing that shows that if that's the case, uh, how good the walleye fishing is on Mille Lacs, you've always said, Steve, going from a drastic warm front to a cold front is worse than cold front to a warm front. We had like 88 degrees on Sunday, and this past week we struggled many times to get to 60 throughout the week, and down into the mid-40s for lows. So, I mean, that's saying something. Uh, the fish are getting used to this water temperature. they got no choice, and so the action is starting to pick up again. Yes, it did slow down when we had that drastic change. I mean, you take a look at 30 to 40 degrees difference in air temperature from a day or two days. That's a huge difference. But uh, the fish acclimate, and they have to start putting on the feed bag. So, yeah, they're starting to go again, too. Muskies, uh, they starting to get right about where you want them to be right now? Definitely. This is the prime time of the season for casting. And if you want to have a good chance at tying into a muskie of a lifetime, now is the time. Get out there and start casting. Hit the rock reefs. Hit the weed bed. Still a lot of good-looking cabbage. They've been going real well, and we've been having really good luck with the big pike as well in the cabbage weeds. They're showing up again, too. So, yeah, it's been a good win-win situation for the big toothy critters, you know, the guys that love to chase them. Better luck early in the morning, late in the evening, but overcast skies, you know, you and I have talked about it for years. If you've got a situation of like a week with overcast skies, it sort of screws the fish up. They don't know if it's morning or evening, and we've had all day long bites that have been very, very good. So take advantage of overcast skies, no doubt. There you go. Steve Spaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. He's also on Facebook. Steve, I appreciate it. We will talk to you soon, bud, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we'll head south down to the Twin Cities Metro. Brian Koshinina with Muskies and More Guide Service will drop by. We'll talk crappies, we'll talk walleyes, and, of course, talk muskies. When we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. We have not had a chance to talk to uh, Brian Koshinino with Muskies and More Guide Service here in a few weeks, so I thought we'd bring him back on the show because uh, we're basically into the throes of fall fishing now. Of course, Brian based out of the Twin Cities Metro, so we always like to get his opinion on how things are going down there and some of the tactics he likes to use. Uh, once again, Brian, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. You know, you've been busy. I mean, like many of the guys, we talked to Ray and Matt and Steve and, and Mandy and all of them, busy on the water. Well, you're no different. Well, it's been a great year. It's been a really good year. Um, in fact, this has probably been the best year uh, for the amount of fish that have been boated and caught this year, um, probably in the last five years. I, I I, I attribute it to, I actually attribute it to the late spring and everything kind of taking off a little slow, but it, it's definitely been a big year. Um, had a few events that I've done. Uh, we had a veterans event last, last weekend, a nice little event that we had and uh, had a few, few good uh, meals and got to spend time with some veterans. So all in all, it's been a good year and I'm, I'm getting ge- kind of gearing up for, uh, for fall this, this, you know, this weekend. So. The weather definitely turned. So, well, last weekend, I mean, what we Ray was talking earlier in the show, we went from eighty-eight degrees on Sunday to fifty-eight. I think he said the next day. I mean, a drastic turn like that. You think it shut things down? And Ray said that wasn't the case. No, it wasn't the case at all. In fact, it, it seemed to get better. Actually, uh, you know, those 
Well, see what it is, Brian, is a lot of those fish that, you know, the lakes are stratified. They're not, they're not going to get any warmer. So a lot of those main lake fish, they're, they're moving up into the shallows right now. And um, one thing I did notice last, last weekend on my crappie trips is that the bluegills uh, have moved from deeper to shallow. And, uh, you know, um, just the day before when it was really warm, um, we had a really good crappie day, and that was Saturday. And then that Sunday, uh, when it started to turn, um, we were just we were hitting the big bluegills. So, um, it, yeah, definitely didn't 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 harm anything. And were you using that crappie tactic that you've talked about many times on the show? Always, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, my customers, um, my customer was actually from Ohio, and uh, he was one of those uh, customers that he was one of those fishermen that like, that like to sit in the same spot. And I'm like, you know, fish move you got to move with them. And, uh, you know, this time of year, especially for crappies, you know, they'll get into tight, really tight schools and you go along at, you know, six, seven feet and you're, you're watching your fish finder for, for fish. And there are fish, you know, in the weeds, but normally, you know, you find these tight schools of bluegill and crappie. And my advice is just to keep going over them, just keep going over them. And every time you go over them, you get a fish. So sometimes it actually takes, uh, t- takes a while to get used to it. Um, it took me about a good year and a half to to get my tactic down, but once you do troll for them, and and just to kind of recap, what I do is I troll between 0.6 and one mile an hour. You never want to be over uh, over one mile an hour. Um, I use the lightest jig that I have in my tackle box, and I use anywhere. I use paddle tails. I'll use curly tail grubs. Nothing more than two inches, and uh, you know I just troll the shoreline um, and. Most lakes that that I that I'm really successful at it, um, you know, you have a weed line that you know starts at about two two and a half feet and ends up in about eleven feet. And most of the time, those fish are right on that kind of the drop off that shelf. And uh, but uh, you can find fish anywhere from two and a half feet to to twelve feet. And but the tactic works. So that's one thing. Before we get into muskies, one last thing, Brian, with on the walleye front. Down there in the metro and some of the other lakes, even north of there that you fish, uh, you've had some pretty good luck there too. Yeah, um, actually, uh, uh, slow trolling, um, you know, pulling uh, slow death hooks with uh, with crawlers, like a pinch off your crawler at the end. Spinners, just go slow. They haven't quite moved up um, to the shallows uh, quite yet. Uh, I did have a trip the other day, and I was catching most of my fish in anywhere from 12 to 15 feet. Slow trolling with spinners, uh, Lindy rigs, you know, small jigs. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's been a good year all around. You know, walleyes, crappies, northern uh, bass. Uh, you know, muskies been moving a lot of muskies. So well, let's get into the muskies because uh, you and I were talking off air, and there's some things that people and anglers do throughout the summer that now have to drastically change as we get into fall because the entire mindset of muskies right now is completely different than it was say a month ago exactly exactly well what happens brian is that you have your you have your shallow fish that primarily stay uh, shallow all year round and then you have your main lake fish and once the water stratifies which means it's not going to get any hotter this year uh, those fish uh, get acclimated and they start moving into the shallows and what you want to do then is they're putting on their feed bags. I mean, they have to, they have these big females, they have to eat. You know, they're going to be carrying eggs throughout the, throughout the winter. And, uh, you know, once that, once that ice, ha- ice hits and the water gets really cool, um, they, they, they go lethargic. I mean, they will eat, but not as much as they do um, in the fall. So what you want to do in the fall is you want to speed everything up. You want to burn your bucktails. You want to burn your topwater. You want to 
you want to speed that up because they're very aggressive right now. And if you do that, you're going to be a lot more successful than kind of staying at that same, you know, spring summer pace of, uh, of reeling your, you know, your, your lures in. And what I usually do too is, is you kind of have to change your mentality too. Um, you, you can still get the, um, the summer fish, you know, migrating to the shallows. Um, and you can do that with trolling. A lot of, lot of, a lot of guys like trolling, but what I like to do is I find anywhere in, especially in September, I find anywhere where there's sand. Um, you know, the, the days are getting shorter. Um, the fish, for some reason, they, they love that shallow sand. I think it, it helps them rejuvenate and, um, they really, they really suck those rays in and, um, that's where they start to get aggressive. Um, you know, they're finding the, the bait fish shallow and, the, you know, the bait fish are kind of clinging on to the healthy weeds and in and around there or in and around the structure. So that brings the fish up. Now, what I like to use, uh, especially in the fall, is um, bucktails, of course. I, I'm a firm believer in bucktails pretty much all year round. Um, I'll, I'll use topwater lures uh, such as the uh, Pose Giant Jackpot, the Havana Jackpot, the Cannonball, um, you know, something that makes a lot of noise, the whopper ploppers. Um, and I primarily do that right away in the morning and, and really late at night. But in between then, I'll switch to bucktails or subsurface lures. And most overlooked lure that's out there right now is the common spinnerbait. The common spinnerbait puts more fish in my boat in the, in the fall, in September, than any other lure. There's one bait that I'd really like to mention um, that I've had a lot of fall success on too, and you can burn it and it's subsurface, is the Believer from Drifter, Drifter Tackle. There's just something about that wobble. It comes in uh, a couple of different sizes, but there's just something about that wobble, and it, it has beads inside, so it makes a little noise. So it's got kind of everything going for it, and uh, I've nailed just big, big muskies on them and big bass. Big bass just seem to love them. So, you know, kind of killed two birds with one stone. You know, so basically to recap, Brian, as we wrap things up, uh, just what I've taken out of just chatting with you here in the last few minutes, uh, musky fishing, and I suppose any type of fishing here in the fall, location, location, location. Oh, definitely. Find find sand, uh, move up to the shallows. Um, what I like to do is I actually like to start a little deeper in the fall, and I kind of work my way in. And uh, what I'm looking for at this time of year is I'm looking for sand. I'm looking for weeds that are still, you know, still growing, still alive, because um, that's where the bait fish are going to be. They're going to be attaching themselves to structure. Uh, boat docks are another good one. Um, but, yeah, I, I would definitely move shallow this time of year. And one last thing, if anglers are listening, going, okay, he's uh, down in the metro, what lakes do you like to hit down there for, for muskies down in the metro? Well, right now, Taka is always a good fall lake. Um, you know, the boat the boat traffic, you know, almost ceases. You know, kids go back to school, and it gets cooler out, and that opens the lake up a lot. Um, I would say Minnetonka, uh, Waconia is, is really came back from a, a couple of bad years. Uh, White Bear Lake is another good lake. Um, Bald Eagle, Independence, um, and if you really want to be adventurous, you know, try the Minneapolis lakes out. Lake Harriet and Lake Calhoun are great, great lakes. It's no gas, you know, trolling motor only, but, uh, you know, you'll, you can have a really good day on those lakes. There you go, because I know we got a lot of listeners down on the Metro, uh, so it'd be very interesting for them to check those out if they haven't already. It's Brian Koshinina, Muskies and More Guide Service uh, down in the Metro. Uh, Brian, if people want more information on you, how can they get it? Sure. You can find me at uh, muskiesandmore.com, or you can actually call me at 651-210-0128. I'm also on face, 
Facebook and Instagram at Brian Koshinina's Muskies and More Guide Service. Do you mind if I give a, sh- uh, a shout out, Brian? Go ahead. To a couple of listeners. Sure. Uh, Kay and Gordy, uh, I know you guys are listening. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Brian, I appreciate it. Thanks a ton for the information. Good luck out on the water, and I'm sure we'll chat soon. This sounds good. Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back, we'll head up north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will join us. We'll talk fall fishing with him. We'll talk grouse, we'll talk ducks, we'll talk geese, and who knows what else when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, joins us as always. And here we are, Matt, another weekend and another set of uh, openers. <laughs> We've got the uh, duck opener this weekend as well as uh, Woodcock. And uh, so uh, another reason for people to get out in the, into the duck boat or out in the woods again. Yeah, my Saturday should be uh, nice and full of uh, openers. I'm going to duck hunt right away in the morning, and then and then I'll spend the rest of the day chasing my dog around and, and trying to shoot a bunch of woodcock. And I think Tate and my wife are going to join me this weekend for for woodcock, so it should be should be really fun. Matt Soberg, you know Matt, and we've had him on the show before too. He's with the Rough Grouse Society. Him and I have been the last couple of years have been trying to hook up and go woodcock hunting because he said the right here even in the Brainerd area uh, and some of the the forests that we have here and are loaded with them. But the thing is, is you only got a certain window, right, Matt? Because they're more of a migratory bird. Yeah, I I mean when I lived down around the Aiken area, we used to. I mean we'd fill out on woodcock almost every day that we that we'd hit it hard and. And we hit it hard a lot back then because I, I didn't have nearly as many responsibilities and adulting wasn't a priority. So I, I hunted a lot and, <laughs> and there's a lot of woodcock around there. But yeah, you got to catch them. You've got your local birds and the local birds are still here. I haven't heard any, uh, coming down. Uh, usually in the evening you can, you can hear the waves of them and it's the same four or five birds that I hear every night right before dark, um, flying over the house and, and going to roost. So, um, so local birds are still around, but once you get that push of northern birds, it gets really fun because um, you can get some really big numbers. And then usually by um, by the first snowfall, they usually disappear. So you've got quite a bit of time yet. It's just a uh, it's just a matter of getting out and and knowing what kind of cover they like. And usually you can bag some grouse while you're doing it as well. Or when you're grouse hunting, you're you're able to harvest woodcock along with them this weekend. So it's always nice when it opens up. It'd be a little tricky to hit though, Eric. Actually, it's once you hunt them for a while, um, they're really not that difficult. They fly straight up, and uh, and then they top out, and then they bank. So if you're good at clay pigeons and you have the patience, if you wait till they top out and you shoot, it's not that bad, just as long as you don't have a lot of obstructions in the way, which is... <laughs> which is easier said than done because you're usually hunting them in extremely thick cover. So there you go. There's one thing. Uh, you mentioned duck, too. That that opens up this weekend. Are you seeing some decent numbers, uh, Matt? Have you have you kind of kept an eye on that? I haven't really scouted at all. We're we're kind of going into the weekend blind. I don't even know if my duck boat will run. That's my that's on my agenda for today. Um, and and like I said, we, we're going into a blind. But uh, if, if the goose uh, migration has any... Any kind of correlation with ducks, it should be pretty decent because over the last like three, four days, I've, I've watched migrating geese fly over the house pretty much nonstop. So there's a, there's plenty of, of molt migrator honkers coming down. So hopefully, 
hopefully some ducks are moving too, and hopefully some of the local birds stuck around, which they usually do for for two, three weeks, and should be decent. If a person got out scouting, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do well, because the ducks don't know any of the wiser right now. So. And obviously you and I are going to be convening up in uh, Middle River and Thief River for uh, Goose Fest next weekend, where you and I are going to be hunting together. Um, have you talked to anybody around that area, Matt? Uh, and I know <laughs> some years we've hunted there, it's been super, super dry. Sometimes it's super warm, super muddy. Uh, what are our conditions looking like, and are they seeing a lot of birds there too? I haven't looked at the forecast, but I do know that there are plenty of birds around. Um, actually, a couple of uh, the guys that are typically hunting with us, Jeff Bohr um, and Lance Bosch from Wild Dakota TV, they were up last weekend uh, for the crane opener, and they hunted with Josh Baselka, one of the, the hunter hosts, and they did very well on geese the first day, and then they shot their cranes the second day. So, um, so looks like there's plenty of birds around, and hopefully we can capitalize on some of them. Uh, you obviously were doing a little grouse hunting, too, last weekend. That opened up. Uh, what can you tell us on that front? Started the morning. We saw four birds and were able to harvest two. Saw a bunch of wild turkeys, some moose tracks, saw three timber wolves. <laughs> but wow. uh, I did take one, one peaceful walk with the dog. Um, we hit about four or five different covers, and, and we moved eight birds, and I was able to harvest three. And so it's it's a good start to the season. I've already, I mean, I've already got five birds, and and uh, we've already put up close to close to fifteen or so. Between uh, my wife's been out as well, so um, but it's you know it's looking a lot better than last year. I will say that. Yeah, and I, I think that's pretty good if you look at that ratio, Matt. Because like you said last week, it's pretty green in the woods right now. It's tough to see. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. But uh, when you get a pointer setting in front of you, and you know there's a bird around, you're kind of you're kind of on point and 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 ready and uh, and you just shoot and pray. <laughs> and I'm shooting a, an an old 16 gauge this year, um, a nice classic double and and those old 16 gauges they come modified in full choke and I've just been I've just been shooting both triggers are pretty tight so so I've been penetrating through and I'm not going to lie I've missed missed my fair share as well I've already shot uh, over. I think I'm just over half a box of shells, and I've only got five birds. So the number you hit isn't isn't always at the best, but uh, but yeah, it's it's looking pretty good. Yeah, so that's only going to get better. And then one last thing, Matt, uh, we've been talking a little fall fishing earlier in the show. I know you always uh, you're basically in the woods or the field this time of year. You've got some other guides that are out uh, keeping an eye on things. What are you hearing up there? It's pretty good still? Yeah, Justin was out yesterday and absolutely hammered the crappies, so the crappie bite is fantastic. Um, Jason's been out a little bit for walleyes, and he's been doing very well. So fall fishing is kind of in full swing. I know Jason did fish the MWC on Cast Lake last week as well, and during pre-fishing, I kind of asked him how it was looking, and he made it sound like it was uh, going to be a top-10 finish, and then... (laughs) And then, much like it always happens, uh, pre-fishing goes a lot better than, than tournament day, and, and uh, they didn't do very well on tournament day, but, but they said pre-fishing that, that they absolutely hammered the fish. So fishing is uh, fishing is really good right now. It's just hard to peel me away from the woods. Yeah, and most of your guys, you mentioned you know you had one guy that was pre-fishing on cast, but most of your other trips, are they right around that Lake Bemidji area, or are they kind of venturing yeah. out a little bit? been on Lake Bemidji for a couple weeks. Cass Lake has been very good. Pike Bay has been very good. Uh, Black Duck has been really good. Um, here right next to the house, Turtle River is, is going. Um, 
big turtle is putting out fish. We kind of, we start to hit some of these smaller lakes um, later in the season like this. And you know me, I'm, I'm on Lake Bemidji like so much and, and my guys are too, that when it gets to be fall, we're kind of like, eh, we'll go elsewhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there you go. It's always fun talking to Matt this time of year because uh, he's great to have on the show because he wears a lot of hats for us with a lot of stuff going on up north. And uh, we'll look forward, Matt, to our uh, poolside, annual poolside chat that we have every year up at Goose Fest next weekend. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Him and I are going to be hunting together up there. So it's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com. He's all over social media as well. Matt, I appreciate it, and uh, I will see you in about a week from today, okay? Sounds good. And we'll have more of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. We'll get to our recipe segment with Chef Joel here in just a bit. First, I wanted to bring in Clayton Lank. Clayton is a district forester with the Crowing Soil and Water, and they've got a couple of seminars coming up here. One is on Tuesday uh, from 6 until 8.30 at St. Matthias Park on uh, County Road 121 in Fort Ripley, and then again on Thursday from 6 until 8.30, this is p.m., uh, at the Sylvan Town Hall in Pillager. They are free seminars, and uh, Clayton, maybe tell us a little bit about what they're about. Yeah, so it's kind of a collaboration um, between multiple organizations. we got uh, the Nature Conservancy, um, the Minnesota DNR, the Board of Water and Soil Resources, um, the, the Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District, and then also the Natural Resources Conservation Service um, will all be taking part in this uh, seminar that we have. It kind of covers everything from water quality to uh, implementing management practices on, on private lands and, and kind of how those things fall into the broad scheme of things on the landscape. Like I said, we got multiple organizations there, so we'll have tons of uh, resource professionals there to help answer any questions. Each of us kind of has our own specific niche and in, in what we can offer and provide. So depending on what you're really looking for, um, hopefully one of the agencies that we have there can can help you out with something. And I, what do, you know, it's probably kind of a silly question. What, what uh, being a forester is the question you get the most from landowners? Most of it re- relates to insects and diseases, um, trees dying off, that sort of stuff. With some of these programs, we, we come out and we can help you create a stewardship plan for your property, let you know what's out there, address any concerns you might have with your forest if you have a lot of buckthorn or other invasive species or stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that we can help you with um, and also address what management solutions you might have and and also funding possibilities to achieve those goals. We'll cover everything kind of from water quality to managing for wildlife. We also uh, we'll be going over conservation easements. A lot of people aren't very informed about conservation easements, so that, and then we also will kind of go over different incentive programs that there are uh, for landowners to uh, reduce their taxes or to to get payments and stuff for enrolling their land into conservation-type practices. There you go. So it's a free forest management seminar for landowners. Once again, uh, Tuesday, St. Matthias Park in Fort Ripley from 6 until 8.30, and then 6 to 8.30 on Thursday, Sylvan Town Hall in Pillager. Uh, Clayton, if people want more information, how can they get it? Yeah, they can either uh, go to our website, crowingswcd.org, or uh, if they want to RSVP to the event, they can call us at 218-828-828. 6197, or they can uh, find us on Facebook. They can RSVP through that, um, or they can go to crowingswcd.eventbrite. That's B R I T E 
Com. So I go Clayton Link. He is District Forester with Crowing Soil and Water. Clayton, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on the show. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North, joins us. We're kind of into that Oktoberfest type of feel, Joel. So, Johnny, on the spot, as you always are, you have a venison recipe that you like to call Venny Schnitzel. I feel like I made that up. I don't know for sure. Well, if you did, I think it's clever. We're, we're calling it Venny Schnitzel. It's our play on a... On a Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> so we're going to take some uh, venison cutlets, and we're going to pound those out just a little bit, kind of tenderize them up a little bit. We're going to make them, you know, take, a say, a three- to four-ounce um, cutlet and pound it out, you know, maybe almost double its size of what it was. Toss that in a little bit of all-purpose flour, you know, season your flour up a little bit with salt and pepper. So we're going to coat it both sides in flour, and then we're going to toss it into a couple of eggs and then into our breadcrumbs. Our breadcrumbs is going to have some thyme, granulated garlic, granulated onion, parsley, and, of course, some salt and pepper. And then we can toss those right into a nice pan of butter, crisp them up both sides till they're nice golden brown. They're going to cook fairly quickly. All we're really looking for is some color on both sides, make sure it's crispy. And then we're going to make a mushroom gravy. So we'll take some onions, some garlic, and we'll sweat that down in some butter, add in some sliced mushrooms, some red wine, some all-purpose flour, and let that cook together for a little while. We'll add in some beef broth, bring that to a boil, and let it simmer and thicken up as it would. The wine you use mentioned red wine. Do you want to use a Merlot, Cab, some sort of cooking wine, just whatever red wine I you got on there? I use whatever hand? I have laying around. Um, I mean, a Cabernet is going to be you know, probably your best option, but whatever you have, whatever is clever is good enough. I've always heard, and I think you were the one that told me, if you don't like drinking it, don't cook with it. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if you're not going to drink it, you're not going to have it sitting on your house. So right. whatever you have is going to be great. Venny Schnitzel. Give it a try. Head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab. You can try this one and tons of others. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. As always, Joel, thanks a ton. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Brian. And that'll put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors each and every weekend right here at B93.3, just after 7 Saturday mornings, just after 7 Sunday evenings, and a little after 5 on Monday mornings. If you missed the show, there's a couple of ways that you can uh, listen to it on demand. Right at the website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and also we're podcastable across all the podcast networks. So uh, wherever you download podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors. If you're on iTunes, give us a, a rate and review. We'd appreciate that. And archive shows of Brainerd Outdoors, you can catch those at podcastone.com. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bymert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.